for Mike's Random Thoughts. And this is a holiday special, part three. And tonight we're going to look at St. Nicholas, or Santa Claus. Um, including Father Spe uh, <clears throat> numerous other people as well. I want to put a public disclaimer out there that I couldn't include every single thing that I found, or this would be like a easily a three-hour-long episode. So basically what I decided to do was include the key aspects of it. And what we're looking at is, where did Santa Claus come from? How did we get to celebrate him? Why do we celebrate him? Why, why do we carry that tradition? And where did it originate from? Is it true that it's a, is it a cult in origin? Is it, is it true this and that? Because there's a lot of debate amongst that right now, especially amongst different religious sections. So I figured, why not include it in it? So with that said, <clears throat> as normal, I'm going to go ahead and get into the research material. And like I said, we're going to get into Santa Claus, something that I've been wanting to do for a while. So when we think of Santa Claus, what do you picture? The chances are you're going to picture somebody jolly, fat, uh, jolly, fat old man who in one night goes across the whole world delivering toys to the children. And he appears di uh, different depending on the area of the globe that you live in naturally. However, who was the real person? Who was who was he? Why do we celebrate him? Like what I just said. So now we're about to find out. So St. Nicholas was actually, was actually a 4th century Greek Christian bishop of Demur in um, Lyria in a Roman Empire, which is currently located in Turkey. He was famous for giving gifts to the poor. In particularly, he was famous for presenting three impoverished daughters of a pious Christian with dowries so they would not have to become hookers so he was actually a very religious and devoted to his life of christianity from a very young age one would say in our belief system he knew his calling from a very 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 young age so in a, this so in the netherlands belgium and austria and austria czech republica and germany he is usually portrayed as a bearded bishop in a canonical robes. Now, this next part is actually very crucial to understand. So, in 1087, while the Greek Christian Enochbites um, and Maria were basically under control by the newly arrived Muslims, um, soon after, their Greek Orthodox Church had been declared to be... Um, and schism by the Catholic Church in 10, uh, 105 AD. Sorry about that. A group of merchants from the city of Bari actually removed the major uh, area bones of St. Nicholas from his tomb in the Greek church. But it gets more interesting than that. So we already have grave robbing and we're already at three minutes in. But it gets more interesting. So they relocated on the Miriam. Now, over the adjudication of the um, men's of Miriam, the sellers decided to take the bones of St. Nicholas to Bari, where they are now enriched forever um, in the Basica di San Nicola. So the sellers in Bari, uh, they only got half 
of St. Nicholas's skeleton, and they actually left the major fragments in the church's tomb, where they were later taken by Venetian sellers during the, uh, during the First Crusade and then placed in Venice in a church. Now, this church is, is to St. Nicholas, the patron saint of sellers, were built in St. Nicola al Ledel. Nicholas was later claimed to be a patron saint of many diverse groups, such as archers, sellers, and children to the pawnbrokers. Uh, pawn he is also the patron saint of Amsterdam and Moscow. That's right, he's actually very huge in Russia. So during the Middle Ages, um, often on the evening of December 6th, children were... Um, betrothed gifts in his honor. The original date changed in the course of Reformation in his opposition to the veneration of the saints. In many, in many uh, countries around the 24th and 25th of December. Now, gift-giving um, is a custom that is believed to come from Martin Luther as an alternative to the previous very uh, popular gift custom of St. Nicholas, basically to change the focus from being on St. Nicholas to uh, Christ instead of the veneration of saints is the technical term. So it was Martin Luther who first suggested to Christ that his kind be uh, the bringer of gifts instead. However, St. Nicholas remained popular uh, gift bearer of the people. So basically what happened was Martin Luther wanted to focus on Christmas, on Christ, and gift giving, as I stated in the previous episode um, on Christianity in this series, um, is the crucial focus. We focus on the wise men giving gifts uh, to Jesus, as well as the shepherds. And that's what Martin Luther was doing there. So now, Father Christmas usually dates back as far as the 16th century in England during um, King Henry's uh, reign, sorry, when he was pictured as a large man in greens, uh, green of uh, scarlet rose, and he was actually aligned with fur. So Father Christmas is typically said to be the spirit of good cheer at Christmas, bringing peace and joy and good and normally associated with uh, good and wine and like reverie. So as England no longer basically is set to the Saint Day of uh, Saint Nicholas. So on December 6th, the Father Christmas celebration was moved to December 25th to, uh, to happen as the same day as Christmas Day. So the Victorian revival of Christmas actually included Father Christmas as the emblem of good cheer. His physical appearance was variable, or variable with the famous image being John Leach's illustration of the ghost of Christmas present in Charles Dickinson's uh, festive classic, classic, A Christmas Carol, which, by the way, is one of my favorite Christmas movies. No matter what version it is, I'm always down to watch A Christmas Carol. So, in Belgium and Netherlands, the character of Santa Claus actually competes with uh, uh, 
sorry, this next part kind of tripped me out for a minute. So in Belgium and Netherlands, the character of Santa Claus actually competes with Sinner Claus, um, which is based on St. Nicholas and Santa Claus, as known as Dockerstam in Dutch, the Christmas Man, and Pierre Noel, uh, Father Christmas in French. So prior to the uh, characterization, the Germanic people included an English celebrated Yule. With the Christianization of the Germanic Empire, numerous traditions were observed from Yuletide celebration into modern Christmas. So during this period, supernatural and ghostly occurrences were said to increase in fre uh, frequency, such as the wild hunt, a ghostly procession throughout the sky. You guys are starting to get it now, right? So bear with me. The leader of the wild hunt is frequently said to be the god Odin, or Wooden, bearing many other names, uh, meaning bearer and Yule figure. Wooden's role during Yuletide period has been said to have influenced concept of St. Nicholas in many ways. Long white beard, gray horse for nightly rides, or reindeer in the American tradition. Odin wore a old blue hooded cloak and had a white beard and was a gift bringer who rode midwinter sky on his eight-footed uh, stood sleigh, visiting people with gifts. Odin was transferred into Father Christmas and then Santa Claus, St. Nicholas becoming leading player on the Christmas stage. In Finland, Santa Claus is called Julupuki. Sorry about that again. Uh, translation, Christmas goat. The flying reindeer can symbolize the use of a fly, a gurik, by Sama Shamas. So, early representations of the gift giver from the church history and folklore, notably St. Nicholas, change the English character Father Christmas to create the mythical creature known as the to the rest of the world now as Santa Claus. 1845 Chris Kringle was common variant of Santa Claus in numerous parts of the United States. So Santa Claus as in the modern version we really have contributed to uh, as an American tradition, like with the one I'm wearing on my shirt right now. This is by far an American creation, and that's what we're going to start getting into right now. He was made in um, poem. He was actually made famous in American poem stories, illustration, and numerous store ads. Often was portrayed in some way in a sign of the times that we were living in. This next part is really interesting. So Thomas Nast, who is largely known to contribute him to having reindeer, uh, fat and jolly, and it was around the Civil War time period that he had an American flag draped on him as well, um, with a puppet that was named, had the name Jeff written on it. Him living in the North Pole is also attributed to Thomas Nos uh, Noer for his collagen engravings titled Santa Claus and his works. It is included the caption Santa Claus and the initials NP, or as you know, abbreviation for North Pole. Santa Claus's wife is actually attributed to an American authors as well. 
This started off in the mid-19th century. Uh, Catherine Lee Dates actually made her famous for her poem, Goodbye Santa Claus and a Sleigh Ride, which was featured prominently uh, along Santa Claus's wife. So that's why they said that you could contribute Santa Claus's wife to her. In Russia, through dead Moraz, emerged a Santa Claus figured around the 19th century, where Christmas for the Eastern Orthodox Church is kept on January 7th. The mortality concept actually came from L. Frank Baum's Tale of the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus that was published in 1902. Coca-Cola is actually famous for growing the Santa Claus image, which started in 1930s. I mean, come on. Which amongst us was not prone to seeing that commercial growing up with Santa Claus and Co- I don't know whatever happened to it. I never see it anymore, but growing up, yeah, we saw the image of Santa Claus everywhere with Coca-Cola. And we had grandparents that had Christmas decorations with Coca-Cola on it. I know we all remember that, right? But anyways, we got to move along <laughs> into the research material. So the image of Santa Claus is actually someone that associated with charity and philanthropy was actually, um, done by the groups such as the Salvation Army due to volunteers dressing in as in Santa costumes. Santa became associated with fundraisers as a result of that. Charles W. Howard in 1937 actually played Santa Claus in a department store ads um, and parades as well. Some of the very first Christmas parades was attributed with him. Also was established was Charles W. Howard Santa School which is still the oldest Santa Claus school running. If my memory serves me right, that school is actually located in, um, in um, where, what state was that? Uh, Colorado. It's the oldest Santa Claus school where you can literally go to school to become Santa Claus, which is interesting if you think about it. So Chimney and uh, the Santa going through it actually is shared by many European seasonal gift givers in the pre-Christian Norris tradition. Odin would um, often enter through the chimney and fire holes in a winter solstice. So in Italy, Bafina tradition, a gift-giving witch, is actually covered in chimney suit from her trips down the chimneys of children's houses. Santa coming down the chimney is an American tradition because of the poem, A Visit of St. Nicholas, the adventure described him as an elf, though. That's actually pretty interesting. So in the United States, a Canadian children actually left glasses of milk and placed the cookies, right, here in the U.S. However, in Australia, they leave sherry or beer or mince pies. So Denmark and Norway and Sweden, they leave rice porridge with sugar and Iceland a pint of Guinness or milk with Christmas pudding or mince pies I guess you could say like in America he gets the short end of the stick we give him cookies and milk in other, in other parts of the globe he's getting like pies and beer and wine and like cheese and all kinds of stuff man so in Hungary St. Nicholas comes on December 5th and children actually get gifts the next morning. 
Christmas Eve, little Jesus comes and gives gift to everyone. So it is common for children to leave carrots for Santa's reindeer as well in the U.S. as well as New Zealand, in Australia, in Ireland, as well as Canada. So also, parents threaten their parents actually threaten their kids with coal if they are not good. Although that practice is actually starting to die off by uh, many people are stating. So the practice of mall Santa's actually come about from James Egger, who started doing this in 1890. It is Broughton, Massachusetts department store. Okay, so like I said, there I, I try to pack as much as I can in there, the brief concept of Santa Claus and where he came from. So what we gathered was he was a real person who was St. Nicholas. And that's what numerous people actually uh, believed and actually worshipped across the globe. Now, there's other people and other traditions as well as Odin, which you could consider um, is an occult figure. But that's just it. That's the occult figure, Odin. Uh, so is Wooden and numerous other uh, different winter pagan deities are just that they are by themselves or they are numerous different names associated with the same being now they all are described just like we gathered from the research material is relatively being the same right like they all riding on some kind of sleigh hold on Sorry about that. So anyways, they're all riding on some kind of sleigh. They either have deer or they have some type of horse. Uh, normally a horse in Europe, a deer in America, Canada. Um, and Santa Claus does appear different depending on the different areas of the globe. In, actual, in actuality, if I included it all, like I said, it would be a three-hour long series. For instance, in Asia, he is actually, I forget the actual name they have for him, but he is presented very differently. Um, as well as in India, he's presented very differently. He's presented differently every part of the globe that he's at. We keep running into this uh, throughout the whole Christmas special, don't we? How different cultures will describe him in different ways. And naturally, whenever different faiths were developing amongst these different regions, some of those concepts were actually what is commonly called adopted into other faiths. They took the concept and they put a different faith twist on that. They did this both to get converts as well as um, both com uh, participate in a community. It was a way for the church or different types of faiths amongst the time to actually mingle with the community without actually offending them. It was a way for them to do that. It wasn't uh, them partaking and participating in pagan ceremonies is what a lot of people actually would have you believe. A lot of people want you to sit there and actually believe that you're sitting there your whole childhood. You are, you are actually participating 
and um, different pagan beliefs. Now, we've encountered this throughout this whole series from Jesus's birth. There's been a huge debate over uh, the birth of Jesus. That's why I included the very first segment on my faith, which is Christianity and Jesus's birth and the actual birth timeline of when he was born. But the reason why we actually celebrated on December 25th, I also annihilated the argument of how we're worshiping it in a pagan way. And the easiest way to do this is by the concept of there's no actual knowledge of what they're doing. For us, it's about, it's different. It's about family tradition and the Christian concept of it. To others, it might be something else. So what I'm saying is without intent and desire, they're not actually participating in the um, ritual itself because they don't, they don't even have a clue what they're doing. Uh, no knowledge of it whatsoever. So you can't even argue with the, the blind concept of that either because that wouldn't, that wouldn't work either. So basically what a lot of people are doing is trying to take something and dissecting it and trying to create Swiss cheese with it and holes in it, which is done to create doubt in the person's faith and concept and what they're doing in their traditions. They don't want you to enjoy your traditions. <coughs> so it's easier for them to try to say, aha, what about this? But you didn't know about that up until that point, right? So, you know, you weren't participating in some demonic um, ritual or some pagan ritual because you didn't even have a clue about anything anyways. And that's the whole point of the series. <coughs> People are twisting things to try to fit their political narrative. And that's all they're trying to do. And we all know that anybody that actually understands religion and tradition and faith and um, festivals and cultures can recognize this from a mile away. It's people taking different parts and even worse than that, a lot of it, <coughs> a lot of it is just arguments that's been restarted from centuries ago. Just as we've been uncovering in all this research material from Jesus's birth to Santa Claus, to Hanukkah, to everything. It's all dated back to people fighting and feuding over certain dates and time periods and beliefs oh, uh, being right and wrong and one person disagreeing with another person's belief and one person disagreeing with another person's tradition and it's starting wars and conflicts and bigotry. Is it just me or does it seem like that's what they're trying to do? And I know this is a lot quicker of episodes. I'm trying to experiment with the new idea, and I'm going to go into that with an actual official episode. <coughs> Still fighting that sinus infection I was talking about a couple episodes previous. But I did want to touch basis on Santa Claus, on where he originated from. Like I said, he was a real person. He really was a saint. He knew he was actually a saint, at a very young age, like, I mean, he didn't know he was a saint. Let me rephrase that. Sorry, I'm tired. Um, he knew his calling. He knew that he was, he was a devout Christian, they said, from a very young age. You're talking from like nine, eight years old. He was a devout Christian. Like, he fully walked that line in every, every aspect of who he was, like his bones, his mind and his body, his soul, they said was all devoted to, to God in his faith. 
He devoted his whole life to charity. He devoted his whole life to helping out other people. He did more than just give you your shirt off your back. St. Nicholas went far and beyond that. (coughs) So what happened was, again, people created hybrid beliefs. You already had Father Christmas in play. Father Christmas, like we found out, was contributed to what? To Henry VIII. But why was it contributed to Henry VIII? Because Henry VIII was crowned king, I believe, around Christmas time, if memory serves me right. As well as the fact that he had an official portrait come out around Christmas time where he was wearing a green outfit and a fur. And people referred to him as, because he was a fat king, and he was known to be jolly laughing um, when he wasn't cutting off his wife's heads. But that's for a different episode. But anyways, uh, <laughs> they called him Father Christmas. Now, farther than that, what made that even go farther than that, like the research materials showed, was Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol, which is one of my favorite uh, Christmas stories. Like That's like my number one holiday favorite movie. But anyways, Charles Dickens is responsible for Father Christmas re-emerging, basically. Um, and then you have uh, um, different co- different cultures that have their own deities and different sets of beliefs and customs. And they basically, as people migrated and formed different civilizations, they infused those customs together in civilization. And now they're trying to create feud amongst people amongst that. So... Say what you will about it, but you know <clears throat> he was a real person. Now the way we cel- now the way that we attribute him in our in our celebrations is completely different. However, like I said, America really can be held fully fully the ones responsible for uh, Santa Claus being popular. Though they said that when I was doing research, they said that Santa Claus drastically died off. And um, a lot of people started going back to either their straight up, if they were Puritan or Christian, it was a very much a Jesus-centered time of year. Um, and they really frowned on partaking in any type of festivals outside of church activities back then. But when he got to America and people started selling in America and America being a melting pot and we had so many different cultures uh, coming back. And we've seen that in this as well uh, with the emergence of the Christmas tree and where it came from. We have that contributed to a lar- largely to Martin Luther, which we found out in the first first part of this series, as long with the German and um, like Dana or uh, like Amsterdam population, Dutch population, and German population that brought that custom with them, and that's where that that actually is where it came from. Along with the UK, the Christmas tree became popular there because of a German-born queen. So this is people that brought their customs and their traditions from other countries with them when they migrated to different countries, and the people there either a hated it. Or B, they loved it and embraced it. By far, most of us actually embrace it, considering that we still actually do them to this day. Um, But also, America was largely contributed to because of the creations of plays, movies, postcards, and books that describe Santa Claus in a certain light, and St. Nicholas in a certain light. Um, 
they even went farther with saying St. Nicholas with creating different names, such as Father Christmas. A lot of people don't realize Father Christmas is actually a very different person than Santa Claus. Santa Claus is not the same person as Father Christmas. They're two totally different people. Although, a lot of people would argue that they're the same person, but they're not. They're, they're two total different people, which we found that out in this research material. And that's what I'm getting at, is so many people are fighting over things they don't know about. Um, and Santa Claus's wife has contributed to a female author, to all of those feminists out there, that's arguing about how Santa Claus needs to go away. Santa Claus's wife is actually created by a female author, or uh, famous because of a female author. So we have a lot of customs, and we have a lot of ideas out there. And naturally, yes, let's face it, to end the argument of all arguments, is Santa Claus nothing more than a commercialized idea? We stated that in the research material that when it came down to America, very fast, it was contributed to malls and retail sales ads and all that. But why not? That's how they looked at it. And that's how it grew and the custom and traditions grew. At least that's what it used to be like. We used to see Santa Claus everywhere this time of year. I mean, you couldn't go down the street without seeing a store ad somewhere. You could have turned on a radio without seeing or hearing some kind of Santa Claus ad or um, Christmas song. Uh, you could have turned on any numerous TV station without seeing them. They would run uh, holiday ads nonstop. It's just not the. It's not like that anymore. But that's where all these customs actually originated from. And yes. Was there a pagan aspect? We went over that. There was pagan aspects to it early on. But we also went over in a Christian aspect, which is why I didn't include it in a Santa Claus one. Um, I didn't include, include a lot of the Santa Claus research. Um, a lot of that is included in the Christian part, in the first part, because it was a timeline of the faith and, the, and why we celebrate it and where it came from. A lot of that is the same thing. It's church members that were... Uh, deciding the time frame and different things and how to decide where the where the character where the saint nicholas came from and again martin luther was protestant martin luther did not agree with a lot of the festivals that uh, we actually partake in uh, a lot of the protestant uh, protestant um, and more stricter sets like you would say the amish uh, mennonites and type of like quakers and they just, they did not agree with it because, like many people, they they just attributed it to uh, cult practices and pagan practices. And they said that uh, people were duped by the Catholic Church into worshiping demonic entities. And you're also seeing that again, by the way. Uh, keep in mind that you're talking way on single-digit time periods centuries ago. Uh 4th century, 5th century, 6th century, 7th century, 8th century timelines um, of people fighting about this stuff. And we're into the 2020s, and people are starting to bring up these old conflicts and old fights. And the same thing, should we celebrate Christmas? Should we celebrate Santa Claus? Should we uh, have feasts? Should we should we do this? Should we do that? And that's, that's why I decided to do that, uh, to do this series, to do this special. And it's not over yet. We still have one more part of this series, and naturally I'm going to include a bunch of bonus features in it. But I wanted to include the core episode parts of this, hopefully before Christmas is my goal. So 
you guys do have bonus features to look forward to that's going to pop up sporadically. You guys know my nature. However, this has been Mike for Mike's Random Thoughts, and this has been the brief history of Santa Claus, where he came from, the true history of it, and wiser to hopefully to end a lot of people's confusion about Santa Claus, at least that was my intention with it. Um, again, Mike for Mike's Random Thoughts, peace, love, and good vibes. Everybody have a great night.